So you are doing some research here. Yeah, so uh, Cam the intern. Got oh, his own, own podcast. Got his own podcast. But it looks good. Looks good. Logos, good Maybe graphics. Maybe it sounds good, too. Oh, Cam. Hardworking kid. Cam? Yeah. Every day that kid's stock goes up a little Doesn't bit. A little bit. Ryan Hurtry on the way. It's good off the backboard and in. I'm sorry. What a take by Tucker. Jones, another steal. Spin on Caldwell and the layup's good. I would like to see you hold a mirror up to yourself and interview yourself. As good as this was, it could only be better if it was all you. Tuning in, I was a fan. I was like, man, let's do it. Cam, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Joined today for the first time, Cam Isamone. Gallagher's going to have to shoot it from beyond the arc. And it's good. Jacobs for three. He got it! My goodness, what a shooting performance by I think Cam's Corner is great. Tune in to Cam's Corner. This kid's going to make it. <laughs> He's going to make it here. All right, we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today joining me is a rookie in his rookie season overseas playing in Poland, a former UMass Dartmouth Corsair and 1,000-point score. Guys, please help me welcome Marcus Azor to the show. Is that, is that how you say your last name? Azor? Yeah, that's how you say it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you joining me, man. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. I, you know, I always start off. Everyone that watches the show, they know how I start off. Uh, every episode is asking players where the love for whatever they do stemmed from. So for you, you know, where are you originally from, and where does that passion for the sport of basketball come from? Um, so Brockton, born and raised. I want to say like ever since I was like three or four years old. Like even my parents would tell me they knew basketball was just going to be my sport. Like my brother would play in the driveway and. Then, I'll be like three feet, two feet tall, trying to shoot on the ten foot rim, and they just knew like since from then that I was just gonna love the game, and I just grew to love it. Was there any other sports that you played growing up? Um, I did football in middle school, but it was like it was between playing one game a week of football or play three games minimum of AAU. So that's when I really chose to play basketball. It was like middle school. That's where all my focus went into it. So did you get to like the AAU scene like towards high school or was it more middle school? Like you started to kind of take it more serious. It was more middle school because in Brockton, we had middle school basketball. Then we'll have travel basketball during the middle school season. And then after those two seasons, we have AAU. So it was just nonstop basketball. Yeah, for sure. So like what was the high school scene like for you? I mean, like, uh, you know, before getting to like your junior, senior seasons, like what was, you know, your first few years like uh, playing in varsity? First few years, um... Say I got moved up to varsity my sophomore year, and I only played like 30 seconds in a playoff game. And then junior year, it was just – that was probably one of the worst team – like worst records I had in the season. I think we were like 10 and 10. I was like I was coming off the bench. It was like the coach didn't really trust me, but I knew what I was capable of. And then senior year, that's when we was like top five in the in the state. We went like twenty six and five, lost right before the um the conference. No, we lost in the conference championship game, the section cha- championship game. So did that bring so, you like the most attention for like college, like everything like that, or? Yeah, um, I didn't start getting looks at until um my senior year of high school. It was like a few local D three schools, and then the coaches would talk to me, and then they'll find out my major, and then like. At first, I wanted to do electrical engineering going into the school, so some of those schools didn't have it, so I ended up getting cut down to, like, three or two schools. And then I had to choose. I took visits to um, UMass Dartmouth ENC in Western New England. And then as soon as I went to Dartmouth, I just knew that I could play there right away, and then I just chose that school. 
Yeah, so you chose Dartmouth mainly because you knew you were going to play right out of the gate. And, like, what did you expect uh, for yourself to bring to the team once you committed? Um, I always knew I was a great playmaker and that my ability to get to the room was good. But at the college level, it wasn't really – I had to see what I can do. And starting off practices, I think I was, like, third string in the lineups. Like, they're the second string in the lineups because we had the veteran guard that came back. And then we had um Adam Seablom. He was um getting put at the point guard position at first. And then after that first game we played, I think I went like seven for seven, scoring 16 off the bench. After that, I started. And it was just smooth sailing from there. Right. So I, I used to go to Rick uh, back in Providence uh, my last year. And um, I went to a few of your games mainly because, uh, one, I wanted to see you guys play too because I covered a lot of the, the men's games. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Kaylin Zalewski from the women's team. She's from my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I used to, you know, go up there, watch a few of her games play it too. And that's how I kind of, you kind of got on my radar, you know, see watching your game and stuff like that. Um, but going back to like when you first came out and you committed to Dartmouth, you know, like you said, like you were in third string, but then right out of the gate, you know, as the games progressed, you know, you started 21 out of the 27 games. Like, did you feel any tension from like those experienced players, like seniors and uh, players like that? I didn't really feel that much tension because it was either – it was either me or Adam, nothing. So it was like we just had to – we had big shoes to fill in um, right away. So we just had to keep up with that level of play. And, and did you see – game? Yeah, did you see a big jump from the high school scene to college? High school to college – I want to say freshman year, not really. It was like – it was just more getting a feel for it. But after I got the feel for it, I figured out, like, what to do with my schedule, how to do my classes, now with practice – um, find me extra time to get in the gym and work then sophomore year like that fresh after freshman season going into sophomore year that's when the jump started yeah so like what was one of your first like memories playing college basketball that you could remember that made you step back and be like wow like I said like this isn't high school anymore this is uh you know college sport and the pace of the game or it could be like you know like you said scheduling anything like that um I want to say I want to say freshman year versus Keen. Keen and Eastbound were two tough teams to play, but Keen especially because I was like, I take pride in defense, and that was the first time like someone ever scored like 30 on me, and that was Ty Nichols. Mm. So I want to say that's when I realized, like, yeah, there's actually some hoopers in D3. Like, it's not a joke. Right, and like you were saying, your sophomore year, you know, you know, it didn't seem like a hard transition from your uh, your rookie season. Um, you know, back in the starting lineup, first team all little East. And then, you know, following that year, uh, you guys won the conference in your junior season, which was, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic, of course, you know, you ended up tying your career high, like you said, 30 points versus or 29 points versus Rick. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, which is when you got on my radar, when I started to watch your game evolve and stuff like that. So like, what was that season like for you during that time? One during the pandemic and again, winning a, a conference title. Man, all of us are just happy to play because we was cooped up in the house for like, eight nine months and then when they said that they'll allow athletes back on campus we all agreed we'll say yeah we'll take it even though it's 10 games and we get the year back so it was like yeah we'll do it and then like yeah even though we want we want the championship people try to say it was a short season not every team in the conference played but we had a good amount of the top teams in the conference playing um i want to say like i don't take that away from us it's still we still did what we had to do under the conditions that we was facing having to test two, three times a week and then playing those games. Yeah. For yourself too, only playing, you know, 10 games that season, like you said, you still continued that trend 
of Little East first team. You added on Little East Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, which you had multiple awards in that, um, you know, throughout your career. Like, what would you say your most memorable moment of that season was? And if you had, like, a hardship that season, if you could describe it too. Um, uh, probably the, the championship game we won, just knowing that we was just about to, we finally won after losing to West Con the year before. That's when I knew, like, we finally got, we got the team together. It was like, we only had two seniors that year from my sophomore year when we lost to West Con and then senior, the junior year when we won, was like, we had no one leaving really because, um, Jake ended up using his year again. And he was the only senior we had, so we knew we was going to be good. Right. Was there something like, like I said, like anything that, you know, you really had to push through to get that ring or did that season just seem to flow for you guys? Uh, it just seemed to flow for us. The games we lost were just like, like mistakes, like easy mistakes we made that if we didn't have done them, we would have easily won. But other than that, I wouldn't say that season was typically hard. We was a veteran team going into that season. Most of the team, other teams were young. Like, Keen was a very young team. They finally, they got it together, and then they beat us my senior year. Right, and then next year, you know, the, the awards for you kept coming in. You know, you surpassed 1,000 points. And like I said, you won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards in the year previous, winning Player of the Year in the Little East. You know, what do those awards mean to you as a player? To me as a player, I wouldn't really, like, take it all for myself. But I always, like, every time people ask me what does what do these awards stat mean, it's like, I'm just doing my job and my teammates are doing their job, just playing well, getting, making shots off of my passes. And then I like, like just as much as my award is just as much as theirs too. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that season obviously was your farewell season, your last year playing collegiate basketball. Um, If you could describe like your last official game, like, you know, what the emotions were like and, you know, what the outcome of the game was and, you know, what you were feeling after it. Last game, Sweet 16 versus Randolph-Macon. Ah, that was probably one of the worst days in my life. But, like, it didn't really start hitting me until it was, like, I want to say, like, five, six minutes left in the game. I see Coach getting ready to sub out the starters because we were down, like, 20. And that's when it really hit me. It was, like, this is my last time wearing the jersey. And then, like, I was almost getting ready to tear up on the court, but I couldn't. I had to hold it in until we at least got to the locker room. Right. And that feeling was just the worst. And then going to the All-Star game and then seeing Randolph win the whole thing was like, it it hurt, but it was like if we went out to any team, at least it was the champions. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, going a little bit like, uh, not the career pathway, but like just thinking of like your play style and stuff like that, like your game on the floor, like what aspects do you feel like come the easiest to you in your game? Um, I say my ability to get to the rim is the easiest and then that allows me to hit the open shooters cross like cross court same side corner so i want to say like get like driving and then passing my two strong attributes and, and maybe not like comes third yeah and maybe not like the hardest because like you know you have like a very you know all-around game but something that you feel like you have to work on every day to perfect that's like that, that doesn't come uh, as easy to you um it would be like just getting to my spots and then shooting the three ball more. Mostly those two. Playing with Dartmouth, they didn't really want me shooting the three ball more. That's why I didn't take that much. But, like, the way we was going, we was just winning. My stats were good. Everyone was doing good. So we just kept up with it. And now that you're at, like, the professional level, do you feel like you have to change your game in a way because of, like, maybe, like, the coaching style or the pace of the game? Or do you feel like you can still play um, your game? 
I can definitely still place my game. The coach, before I came out here, the coach said that he was um watching me since like October because I'm the first American they brought in. So they wanted to make sure that if they're going to bring in an American, they want to fit in the system. And then as soon as I said I'll come, I watched a few games of the team. I was like, this team reminds me of playing back at Dartmouth. It's like pieces around me. I can get to the rim. I can dish it out. We have a big man I can dump it down to, someone I can dunk. I felt like it would be easier. And then I just like playing the pros better because he yells at me to shoot it. Mm. Yeah, def I want to definitely ask you more about uh, Poland as well. And like you said, the first American to be in the program, that must have been a crazy like transition for you, you know, being from around here and everything. But, um, you know, like I said, mainly being the best player on the floor like every night for Dartmouth, you know, did you ever feel any pressure on yourself to always have like an all-around good game? Um, Not really because – we just had so much guys. It was like, even the days I don't score, I'm probably going to have a double-double, triple-double still because everyone else is doing their part. So I never really felt like, like felt too much pressure on me unless it was like the championship game and then the like the tournament games. That was really it. Right. And working back again, I want the question like of your aspect and the play style that you have. Like, was there ever a player that you looked up to growing up that you tried to model your game around? Um. Uh... You know, growing up, we had the Boss Life mixtapes and the Hoop mixtapes. Right. I want to yeah. say, I want to say Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith Jr. was a person okay. that, as soon as I seen him, I seen like a little bit of me, even though he was like two inches, three inches taller, but it was like, yeah, I can dunk just like him. I can do those same type of takeoffs. So it was like during the time in high school, I was like trying to base my game off of him, him and Jalen Hands. So before, uh, Dennis Smith was even drafted. You were looking at like guys like that on like the Ballers Life mixtapes, and you were more yeah, into I'd that. I try to look at try to look at guys closer to my age than try to compare myself to people to the league that I'm not even close to their age yet. No, that makes sense for sure. And for me, I, I'm a huge you know I'm a diehard Nick fan. Uh, when before he was drafted, I think Dallas drafted him. Like I wanted him on New York. Yeah. Obviously, he got traded and everything, but he was always been like a great player to watch. And that elevation, you can definitely see that in your game as well, and things that he brings to the table too. But um, my next question was mainly around, like, you know, going into games. Like, did you ever have a pregame witch rule or, or anything that you did to prepare yourself for a game? Um, I just mag on my headphones, get my playlist. I'll come in. I'll get shots up in the morning before a game. I'll after shots in the morning. I'll do the ice tub, get myself, get my body feeling good, and then before the game, I'll come in the gym like an hour, two hours earlier, get shots up again, and then. I was just sitting in the, sit in my locker and just just get ready, focus in the game. And that stayed the same since college. Now to the uh to the pros. Yeah. And uh at Dartmouth, you wore number ten. I know you wear number thirty six now, but was there ever a meeting behind wearing number ten? Uh no, I was trying to get my number. Number twelve was my high school number, so I was trying to get that number. But an upperclassman had it for two years, and then my junior year, they asked if I wanted to switch, but I was like, I already did. My, I already did my stuff in 10, so I'm going to just stick with 10. And now, now, do is there a reason why you were 36, or was it kind of just like, just handed it oh, I'm to number you? zero now. Oh, you're zero now? Yeah. Okay. Did you, you um, chose that one? Just, it was between zero, two, and three. And I was like, I already did two and three, and this is a new chapter in my life, a new beginning, so I chose a whole new number. I had to go with zero. Nice. And and go a little still on the college side, but – uh. We were talking about it a little earlier about practices. You know, uh, what was one of the hardest practices you can remember being a part of? And it doesn't have to be at college, I guess. It could be like, you know, now too at the professional level. But if you can think of a practice where 
you know, like it was probably one of the hardest you've been a part of, you know, talk a little bit about that. Um, I say college was probably the harder practices because it was just the days where we had a bad practice. It was just nonstop conditioning. He made it yeah. up the ball, the basketballs and we had to run for like 30 minutes straight. I want to say it's the hardest part. Now in the pros, it's not as hard because we play two games a week. When we scrimmage, we're playing hard so we can prepare for these games now. And it's like we have much more vets on the team. So it's like we don't want their bodies to be too banged up. So we take it we take it easy. We we try to go hard for like 45 an hour of practice. And then the rest of the practice is like skill stuff and then five on no walkthroughs. Yeah. And before we like dig deep into that career now, um, did you ever ever have like any NBA players that you interacted with that made you more like motivated to like continue your journey? Uh, maybe like just meeting them like at a game or, or maybe like they were at a camp that you were at or something like that along those lines. Um, not really. There's a few NBA players I know, but like the number one thing that really stood out to me was um Eric Dermer is when he got the G League contract. It was like, all right, this guy came from D3. I'm D3. Like, why not? Like, he did it. Why not me? Yeah, so that maybe, was really maybe. a push to go toward my fault. You good? No, no, yeah, you're good. You're good. No, I was that was really the push to like made me want to go towards the pros. Yeah, no, I like that mindset that you have uh, of following people that are around, like you said, like about Dennis Smith Jr., like watching players that were your age, looking at guys that were D3 that are making it for themselves. So I like that mindset that you have now, like I said, transitioning now from that summer period to now, you know, coming from the States now in Poland, you know, that jump definitely wasn't uh, something you expected. You definitely had a lot of, you know, G league interest as well. You know, uh, just explain that summer for me, you know, last summer for me, like, you know, what it was like being in like G league, uh, you know, names, the draft and all that kind of stuff. That was probably the hardest summer of my, of my basketball career is like, as soon as my season was done, agents were hitting me up. But I already knew the agent I was going to go with because he's been keeping in contact with me since, like, December, January, checking on me after my college games. But after I got my agent, it was like, all right, now I want to be a pro. Now it's time to uh, really take this serious. First thing I did was got myself a trainer. And then I got myself a trainer on Pierre Sully. He works with most of the NBA and pro guys in the Northeast area. So like, I want to say, like, my first – my first week of workouts, it was like him trying to get a feel for my game. And I'm thinking, all right, the workouts aren't going to be that bad. It's just conditioning. Got to get better. Then after, it was like, he was like, all right, this is what we need to get ready for. Because I had the Boston pre-draft workouts. He was like, so we had to get ready for it. This is what we had to do. We had the whole court. It was me, him, and the, manual, the whole court for, at Emmanuel College. And then when I tell you, I thought I didn't know how to play basketball after one of those workouts. It was like, damn, it was like I got so much to work on. Before I can even think about doing these next things. And then doing these G League workouts, it was like, it was good for me because it's like I can compete with any of these guys. It was like, no tag was held against me. Everyone didn't even care. Like, people, like the dudes I was with was asking me if I went D1. Like, they didn't, they didn't notice, they didn't, no tag, nothing. But it was definitely, definitely hard on the conditioning side and then playing more, like playing way more physical and stuff. I wasn't ready for that. And then I'm glad that we end. I had this opportunity to go pro, so I can get used to it, and then try again next year. Right, and outside of like the the playing aspect, uh, you know, what did this exposure mean to you? Like finally getting your name out on like major platforms. I mean, obviously the G League route didn't work this year, but like you said you're going to keep continuing to pursue that. But uh, to start off, you know, that jump that summer came like really really quick. So like, what did that 
exposure mean to you? Man, a lot because it wasn't really, really much D three guys even getting the G League look. I think this year might have been the most we had. It was probably four or five of us from the All American team. Like I seen Jack Davidson at the Indiana tryout. It was good seeing him. I seen the other Jack at the San Fran workout. It was just like just knowing like where we came from from D three, especially like we're not even playing for for free. We go to we pay to go to school. We pay to play basketball, basically. Just us just sticking with it is just like, it was really good to see. Yeah. So how did you find out, you know, you weren't going to be, you know, taking that G League route and how did you land on Poland's radar? How did your agent get you in contact, you know, with the staff and everything? And you finally got your feet wet and had some professional uh, experience. Uh, funny thing is after the G League stuff, it was just, he was looking for teams. There's a couple um teams interested, but I didn't like the league. I didn't like the contract. And then it's like I was just working out for like five, six months. I'm getting ready to ask my coach back at Dartmouth if I can do an assistant job. And then like, I'm just still working out, working out. And then I think we're I think we're gonna aim for Australia. And um and that season don't start until February. So it was just not stop working out. I'm getting tired of working out. Like I just wanted to play at this point. Then my agent called me saying, like, he has a team in Poland interested. They've been on, they've been looking at me since October. Um, but, like, no, they had the full team. They didn't want to make it until they recently just had, like, two injuries of, like, two star players. And then that's when they're like, all right, we need to bring someone in. So they finally made that call. We talked. And then, like, so, like, say, like, they called me today. They were like, all right, can we talk next week about coming? And then, you good. I go back. I work out. I put my trainer. I work out with my training. I get a. I get a text asking like, "Oh, can we talk tomorrow instead?" I'm like, "Yeah." They call me. It was like, "Yeah, we're gonna need you for this game coming up. How soon can you come?" I was like, "Wow." I was like, "Probably need like three, four days so I can grab all my things and say bye to the people." And then it was just, it just went, went so quick. Yeah, I was just. I knew I was in Poland. Yeah, that segued perfect into my next question. I mean like we were talking about earlier about transitioning, you know, I mean, what was your family's initial reaction when you told them you were going to go play po- for Poland and you had to be there in, in three days? Oh, it was just all happy for me that I finally got a job. It's something I wanted to do. They're just glad that everything that I worked for just finally came into play. So they were just more happy and stuff, more supportive. Right. And, um, you know, what's the adjustment like, you know, living wise, not even just playing, but, you know, coming, you know, to a different country and, and, you know, living on your own? I wouldn't say it's that bad. It honestly feels like I'm at school. I've always been fine being away from home. I want to say, like, the hardest thing is probably the language barrier. But after me and my teammates, it was like most of them played in the top league, so they have more American players in it. So they're used to playing with American players. And then they're telling me in the school systems that they learn English, so they know they know a good amount to con- like to communicate with me. I go to stores, people know English, so it's not as bad. It's just so the hardest thing right now, I want to say, is like going to the grocery stores and seeing what I'm grabbing to buy and stuff. That's probably the hardest thing right now. Yeah. And on the playing aspect, you know, how have you seen the game change in your eyes if it has, you know, and uh, like I said, as far as pace and everything like that? We talked about it a little bit earlier about the college uh, from high school to college, but now at the professional level, how has it changed in your eyes? 
it's definitely way more pace, but it's way more physical than I really thought it would because the rules are different. Like when Lucas said that the NBA was late, I see why he said that. It was like, <laughs> I think the first practice we're doing, um, there was a screen and roll, there was a pick and roll, and I'm on the hub side. Like I went to show and I went back to my man. He coach stopped the play. It was like, nah, you got to bump into the roller and then get back to your man. I was like, I didn't even know I can make that contact. So it was like, I can do that. I can still, I can hand check people again. And then I can push them off. Like I can push them out the way from using screens. It was like, I wasn't, like, I was not ready for that type of contact at first. But the pace part was like, as I was working out with my trainer, my pace got better and better when I was working for for the G League stuff. So the pace wasn't that bad. I could definitely still slow down here and there, but it's all coming together. So did your trainer travel with you overseas? Like, is he with you now? And and uh, are those training sessions kind of the same as they were like before you like signed with Poland? Um, no, he's still he's at he's still back at um in the areas out there. He's still training other his other clients and stuff. But the practices is just like it's really just doing all the little like the the easiest things to get the details down. Really, that's what it really is. So the workouts aren't really that much harder out here. It's like going at your pace that you know you're going to play in the game with, you know, when to slow down and speed up, it's like stuff like that. Yeah, and you, you talked about it, like, like previously, just a little brief, Um, you know, your teammates, like the chemistry, like how was that? Um, I know you, you said they played with uh, former American players before. I mean, I know you're the only American player that's ever been in this program, but, you know, they've, mm -hmm. they've played with American guys and, and stuff like that. So how has that chemistry been, you know, halfway through the season so far? It was really, I mean, I came and I wanted to, like the first game, I just wanted to see how everyone played, see, like to try to fit in the best I can. I want to say like the only thing I was really messing up on was like the hope, the rotations on defense and stuff. But I only had like two practices before the first game. But like all of them surprised that how fast I picked up the plays, how I picked up on the defense. They're all surprised how quick I, how quick it was for me to catch up on that. And then it was like, it's like I've been there with them for like most of the season. That's how it feels now. Yeah, and go back to like your your play. You know, season starts and you continue that trend from college right out of the gate. You know, you score your second game. You had ten three and three, and then not too long, your first professional double double, scoring twenty five and twelve. You know, unfortunately, you guys lost that game. But you know, tell me what your mindset was like through that game and how you felt uh, in your perspective. So it's like my playing time is limited to a certain extent only because their rule out here is they have to have a 23 or younger Polish player on the court. And the players we have that's 23 and younger is like mostly big. It's two bigs and a guard. And it's like our best players are bigs. And then we have a veteran guard core. So it's like hard to try to like get me in there and stuff. But that game I had 25 and 12, one of the veteran guards got fouled out. So stuck with me played 30 minutes and then I was just doing what I usually do made too many mistakes and we lost but but after seeing like yeah I can play like this in the professional level I know I can get my double doubles triple doubles still I was like I just try to make the most I can out of the minutes I get make sure the team wins were there any uh, like family members or friends watching back at home that were able to reach out to you after it yeah there's a lot of everyone like, as soon as I came out here and I posted the first link, everyone's asking me, oh, how to make an account, how to translate to to watch these games. And then it was, like, so many people I was hoping set up accounts. But I just know, like, 
a lot of people's watching and stuff. And then after the first few games, I look on my phone, I see how many stories I'm tagged on IG and Snap. I just know that everyone's tuned in still. Yeah, that's dope. And like you sent you sent me the link. I'll definitely tune into that as well, make an account because I definitely want to see your game, how it's evolved now at the professional level. And, you know, for your team, you guys are six and three so far in the season. Um, you know, what are you looking forward to, like, bringing to the table? Like you said, your minutes have to be a little bit limited. I know those rules are, you know, tough to adjust to. But um, what do you look? What are you looking to uh, achieve in the future with this team? First thing they said when they brought me in is they're trying to win the whole championship and then make it to the top league. So we both have the we both have the same goals, and that's what we're working for right now. And as far as like, like I said, more so uh, not on the living side, but playing wise, what's the hardest thing you've had to adjust to uh, at the professional level? I know like the rules like you were mentioning um, and the contact is a little bit more. You can give a little bit more contact. But in your eyes, what's probably like the hardest thing uh, that you've had to adjust to so far? Um, it was just, oh, actually, I know. <laughs> Having like 20 plays. Oh, really? The playbook? Yeah. yeah. I have the playbook right here. It's like just school, you got to so study in like a package. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, like, I'm looking at it. And not all the plays are even in this. There's like three sets. So we have like four or five sets with five different options. So it'd be like a one up, one down, one side, one side twirl. It's just so much. And I was just getting mixed up with the plays. And then he was switching me. This is my first time playing off ball, too. So he'll have me play the two guards to play with the veteran guard at times. And then I was like, they'll call the play. I'm like, yo, where do I go? Like, they're walking me through it in the middle of a game and stuff. It was just funny. So I want to say that was the hardest part. Just getting used to playing two different positions and trying to remember those plays. Are there any guys that, like, don't speak English that you kind of have – you need someone to kind of, like, translate what they're saying? Uh, no, everyone speaks English. There's probably – there's just a few people that would – um they probably won't understand what I'm saying and I'll have to use Google translate with them. But for the most part, everyone understands me. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad everything's been going off to a good start. You know, uh, Marcus, I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast. I wanted to ask you uh, before, you know, wrapping up everything um, in five years, where do you see yourself playing? And if you weren't playing basketball, where do you think you'd be uh, right now? Five years. I want to be playing in Euro league. I think, I want to stay in Europe, play in Europe. Europe league, one of the top leagues. I have a few friends playing in there, and they all play at beautiful countries, traveling to even better, like more beautiful countries. It's like that's what I want to do. That's where I see myself in the next five years. Then, if I wasn't playing basketball, I'll probably be doing something with entrepreneurship, starting a business or something. Do you think it'd be like around sports or? Oh, I would definitely be around sports. So I graduated in an management information system so i'll probably try to get on the nba team and make like those diagrams graphs of player charts and stuff like that so i'll definitely stick with being around basketball gotcha and again like i said marcus i appreciate you for hopping on i'm gonna try to stay as in tuned as i can with the rest of your season uh you know i'm glad that you know, we were able to connect and um would you think of camp's corner who might you want to see in the future as a guest appreciate it um Definitely want to see like stuff like this, how people made that next jump from college to whatever they do after college, because it's no, it's not an easy thing. After graduating college, it's like people think they have to get their life figured out, but it's a process. They got time, so like stuff like that, I would like to see.
for sure. I'm trying to get some professional guys like, you know, Cole and David. I know they're doing their thing out in L.A. and Brooklyn, uh, trying to keep in contact with some guys. I definitely try to want to get Quiddy, like, you know, those big name guys from Rhode Island. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with some of them, but um, this episode will be out on Friday. So tomorrow I'll let you know when it's out. If you can share, let everyone back home know, you know, what's going on and everything like that. So, again, I appreciate you and I'll definitely be in contact, man. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. No problem, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you.